Hey everybody and welcome back to a brand new episode of Mainstream Boys. Yeah, with a Z. Get your popcorn ready, crack open an ice cold cherry coke, and sit back and relax as Jonathan and Spencer break down the new release films of the week. This week we watch Stephen Yen in the Oscar contending foreign film Minari and Chloe Grace Moretz in the modern day adaptation of Tom and Jerry. Once again, you get the sigh. <laughs> right, the second we hit record, you always sigh. Why? I'm just trying to recreate the magic. You know, it's, we've done this so many times that I feel like people just have an expectation that we need to fulfill, right, Spencer? Because you listen to this multiple times after we release the episode. You're out there in your car. I, I like, really don't. I'm gonna listen. To- no, you do. I do sometimes listen to the ones that you edit, which is all the mainstream boy ones. Uh, I don't listen. Like, I haven't listened to the last like three or four of them, though, to be honest. I just haven't. That's um, fine. I'm not, ex- I'm not <laughs> expecting you to listen to a conversation that we had. Like, only because exactly. It's like, we've had the conversation. <laughs> I don't need to hear it. <laughs> so um, I listen to it just because I, I, I sometimes am curious and... to know, like, if you add anything into it. Um, sometimes I do. Every once yeah, in a while, sometimes you do. If it's warranted. Uh, yeah. Especially the, the Maxwell House coffee song. Our house. Our house. It's always good to the last Because then I'm in my car by myself. I'm like, yay. You're smart, Jonathan. You're really good at editing. Yeah. As you're in the Dunkin' Donuts drive through Yeah. Yeah, with the Dunkin' Donuts chicken that's always there. And then the uh, Christian Bale's not there anymore. Have you not seen know. him? I, I, haven't, I don't know where he is, dude. There's a lot of other homeless people, but it's not the same as homeless Christian Bale in his wheelchair. So, anyways, Spencer, um, I see you have your sweatshirt again. I put it on just for you. Yeah, right before we record, I have a Mainstream Boys sweatshirt, and I put it on just for you because you're a Pats fan, Patriots, you're a Tom Brady fanboy. Um, and I'm a very casual Patriots fan, but I like to, uh, you know, support you and your passion. You've brought me to a couple of games, which has been excellent. So, you know, I like uh-huh. to, you know, pay it back. Wear a Patriots sweatshirt, even uh, though I didn't watch a single game all year. (laughs) You did well enough. So you watched the Super Bowl, but the Patriots were nowhere near the Super Bowl. So I totally forgot they. No, they didn't win the Super Bowl. (laughs) Sorry, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. It's almost like they did, though. So I mean, I know in my head, I'm like, oh wait, no, they didn't because yeah, they don't exist. Yeah, no, I still feel like a winner. Uh, I was gonna say since you wear your mainstream boy sweatshirt, maybe we could get some merch and you could actually wear a mainstream boy sweatshirt. That is funny. Yeah, if you ever do make mainstream boy merch. And you would wear it? You get a sweatshirt. Yeah, I will 100% wear it for the episode. You go to like Hannaford, and then the cashier's like, oh my god, I love that podcast. <laughs> it's like, it just hey, starts showing know, up in the back, recommendation like uh, Spotify feed. Anywhere I go, it just sends a signal to like their like phones. Oh man, what, what is those movies? You, dude? Oh. Dude, you should just go into random places and airdrop like the podcast to people. <laughs> I think you can. I think you can do that. It'd be so annoying. Just like a, a random fifteen second audio file of us talking. About the best Palmer. thing is like no one knows what I look like either, so they would just have no clue. But they'd have my uh, my ID, or my uh, AirDrop ID, so that wouldn't work. Anyways, welcome back to another episode of Mainstream Boys, the show where me and Spencer get together every week. Uh, we watch some movies on maybe Quibi. Uh, soon enough, I've never be- watched a Quibi 
episode well, you seem to movie love Quibi, anything. Whenever I bring it up, you're like, oh yeah, it's this thing where they make all these like short movies and you get to watch them in like five well, minutes. Because really we were so, forced to exciting. see all those trailers that they did because they shoved it down our throats whenever they released them. Uh, so like I, I saw some of the trailers of the content that they had, but uh, I think they're all being released on like Roku platforms, but we're not talking about them. So Quibi needs well, to I'm just, go. Quibi is dead. The I just owner like the word was Quibi. Like, what, no, for Quibi some sucked. reason, <laughs> the first streaming service that pops comes to mind is Quibi, and I never watch it. <laughs> I don't like know. One that we've never used <laughs> is, is it because it's the like the only like big failure? The yeah, I, I like to I like to touch on failures because I am one. So Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, Apple TV Plus, stuff like that. Uh, we grab a big bucket of popcorn, maybe an ice cold cherry Coke, or some water. In Spencer's case, some ice cold water in a thermos, um, and. Hmm. Hmm. Spencer, if you could have any candy right now, what would it be? Honestly, I am feeling Sour Patch Kid watermelons. Oh, I haven't had those in choice. so long, but like me neither. They're pretty good. I don't know. And they, I don't know. I'm not going to get into it, but yeah, those are those are good. Yeah. No. You do you want to have a full, full podcast on that? No. No, because we usually do like dive into some like different candies of our uh, you know past, yeah. but we don't have. To they are very yeah, good. The only thing about them is like I eat them and they're great, but my teeth just are an absolute like actual pain oh, afterwards from all the, for the sugar. Absolutely. And... But anyway, if you like Star Star Patch Watermelon, you're watching a big box office film. Go for it. Uh, no, no, uh, no judgment there. But. Anyways, yeah, we take our pants off. We watch the new release films of the week, Bella Thorne movies. It is what it is. Uh, but this week, we did have two new release films, the first of which is Minari with Glenn from The Walking Dead and the Tom and Jerry film, the live-action Tom and Jerry kind of who-frame-Roger-Rabbit-style film with Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh, Spencer, were you excited for any of these films this week? Anything in particular between these two movies that you were kind of leaning more toward than the other one? I've been patiently waiting for Minari to get a wide VOD release so we could talk about it. I did get to watch it a couple of months ago, uh, so I was very excited for uh, you to check it out and you know possibly Nate to check it out. I guess he you know didn't didn't get around to seeing it this weekend. He will not that's, be surprising us okay. in, the, in the podcast, but that's okay. Of course, you can you know show Aww. up another episode. But no, I mean I was really excited to talk about this one. You threw Tom and Jerry on me. I did not want to watch it, but you're like, hey, we can get in an uh, Xbox party. Just watch it simultaneously. Yeah, we can rip on it, it together if that's if rip that's what ends it. up and happening. That was the only way I was like, okay, I'll, I'll sit through it because I was, yeah, I did not want to watch Tom and Jerry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I, I don't. We'll get into it in a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it was quite it was quite the experience. I will say that. Uh, but anyways, we are going to kick it off with Minari, the 2021 film, and I didn't realize you saw this uh, several months ago. Did you rewatch it or no? Yes, I did. Uh, you did? Okay. All right, so it is pretty much fresh in your mind. How's your daddy like that new farm? He growing things good, doing things right. Yes. But I don't like Grandma. Grandma smells like Korea. Yeah. What about Grandma smell? It's PG-13, an hour and 55 minutes. Pretty pretty long film uh you can get on vod and i might still be playing in some limited theaters if you if you don't want to go out and watch it actually i think it did just win best foreign language feature at the golden globes last night so um, it did yes it's, uh, it's getting some solid recognition i don't think it got any acting nominations outside or in the golden globes but it did in a lot of other award categories it has a 98 percent critical rating on rotten tomatoes so very high 91 audience so it's, it's getting it's it, very well received yearning to own a small patch of land and be more than a chicken sexer which i had no idea was actually a job until i watched this movie 
Um, the ambitious Patter family's Jacob Yee relocates his Korean-American family, a skeptical wife, Monica, and their children, David and Anne, from California to the 1980s rural Arkansas to start fresh and capture the elusive American dream. I like that you read that description because the IMDb plot description is a Korean family starts a farm in 1980s <laughs> yeah, I Arkansas. <laughs> I saw it. I'm like, come on. I got to give me a little more poster. to say. <laughs> I had to find something yeah. else. Anyway, yeah. Di- but directed by Lee Isaac Chung, who, again, it's it's a Korean filmmaker. So I don't I don't really know of any. He has made other films. I've never heard of them personally. Um, so I'm not going to get into them. But I-, I wrote it's a lot of other films I've never heard of and probably won't ever watch. <laughs> you never know. He, he does look like a very nice guy. His picture is him wearing a quarter zip sweater with like a checkered button up shirt. So I'm sure he's a really kind individual. And he, he did tell a very, a very good family drama. So uh, it does that Stephen Yen, Stephen, God, I'm probably saying that wrong. The guy who plays Glenn in The Walking Dead. Uh, but yeah, I don't know any of the other actors, but they're all very, very good. I went into this movie. I really did not know much. I didn't even know what the title meant. It, it really didn't mean anything to me but i knew it was getting a lot of awards hype a lot of praise at least for the acting for the performances and i knew that it was a a foreign film taking place in america so just an interesting dynamic that i wanted to explore and yeah i I think the film it, it was it was very good it was very interesting to see this uh this korean family pretty much just trying to live the american dream trying to adapt going through all the troubles of what it's like to be a family that's running low on money and just trying to really get somewhere in America back in the 1980s. It definitely showed the struggle because I'm sure it was, it, it, it it's not easy to uh, make something out of nothing. So at least first impressions, it, pretty solid film with really good performances. So uh, what about you, Spencer? Uh, right there with you. I thought that this was probably one of my favorites of last year. I just really, really love this movie just because of how, naturalistic it felt like it just really naturalistic i think i think so i I, I hope it is because that's a good word i'm just i hope so because it it feels very just natural like it just seemed like these these this family just was so fluid they worked Mm. so well together you bought them as a family and especially i i gotta give a huge shout out to alan s kim the kid the young boy first performance he's ever done and he is the most charming like little boy in the movie and he's a little shit too but like he's like one of those like little shits that just gets away with everything because he's so adorable and just like i don't know i just loved his character in this movie and i love that um he was just like the heart and soul and i love how much the the dad steven Yeun's character just tried so hard to provide for his family and just because it could it could have been easy for the family they, they left korea they left their culture to go make it in America in the eighties and make it from nothing. They're chicken sexers. Like it's, but he has this dream, this, the American dream. He wants to build a farm. He wants to, you know, grow crops and provide for his family. And he is just very, very passionate about that. And it causes, you know, marital conflict. Wow. Nate. No, nope. is this when nope. he, is this when he joins the podcast? Unfortunately, no, he's not it. here this time. I can uh, confirm that, but that's definitely I just view. really, really loved the way this movie was told. I love that the, I love the characters in this movie. I even enjoyed uh, the the weird religious guy, like just hit, the the weird so, Arkansas guys, the super hick. Yeah, but hick I don't dudes, know. Just, yeah, his role in the movie would just really really worked. And I also loved the score. It's the same composer that did the score for the last Black Man in San Francisco, but oh. it's so like dreamlike. And I've actually listened to the score a few times uh, on Spotify. It's it's just such a fantastic score. So I I really love this movie. This is one of my favorites of last year. 
you bring up some good points because I think after a first watch, I was just like, okay, yeah, that that's a very solid representation of kind of like how things would go. That's how I felt on the first watch as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and obviously the family dynamic, it, they're having a hard time. Like they're struggling. Uh, they He's not happy with where he is in life because he's worked so hard to get to this point, get his family the opportunity to try to make something better and make some money to help sustain the family in the future because david obviously has some health issues with his heart and stuff so yeah the heart murmur yeah the heart murmur and he's a really admirable character because he he's trying to do the right thing but he also like he felt like he's earned this he he wants to do this for himself at the same time and then there's his wife who not the most supportive individual <laughs> well it, you gotta understand like from her perspective she's so connected to her culture back home in korea yeah, like, that's that's what she grew up with and the, she, her mom was coming to the uh who's moving to america as well to live with them i loved her character so much in the movie too i think she might even get a best supporting actress nomination i thought yeah. she was that great um she's so funny in this movie i love that her little relationship with the boy <laughs> It's just so funny. They're that is my forth, favorite like, he... part of the film. Uh, Easily. I, I, their their relationship was by far the best because at first I really didn't like the kid. He was just really rude and ungrateful. But then I was like, okay, no, I see where this is going. Like, they're, I know kids can be annoying, but that's, they do eventually grow on you. And the grandma is just a character in herself because she's so different and just kind of in a place where these, these people are already sort of out of place, I guess, in the middle of Arkansas, she's even more out of place because she's bringing the Korean culture as a whole with, like, her gross tea drink that this kid hates to drink. And um, she's like, oh, get me some of that mountain drink or something like that. So, But I love that balance <laughs> of, like, like, having one foot in Korea, one foot in America, and, like, them just trying to balance that and, you know, lean one way or maybe even move back like that's what the wife was even wanting to do at one point in the movie she's just like i can't this is too hard for me like this yeah. is this is tough and i just i just really enjoyed kind of being a fly on the wall watching this family trying to make it in america and uh just mixed with some very very good directing and writing performances in the score the second time watch i just really appreciated all that and um it just flowed so well and it's interesting that this movie is getting best foreign film recognition because yeah it is like what 70 percent in korea um, it's it's Korean, one of those things say. where it's like th they're they're adapting to america and obviously they've lived in california for it seems like at least five to ten years because he's like yeah i've worked forever doing doing the sexing and i don't want to be doing it anymore so they've definitely kind of combined languages a little bit well, yeah and it was shot know? in uh arkansas so i mean it was shot in america it was an american shot in oklahoma actually but it takes oklahoma. place in arkansas oh, yeah interesting, so interesting one little tidbit there but either way, I mean, yeah, just like they when they were together as a family, they would speak in Korean. Um, so right, yeah. No, I works as a foreign film. You know, I mean, every once in a while you speak a little English, but you know, I'll never let the Oscars live it down for not nominating the Lego Movie. So fuck them. Oh yeah, for that one shot of uh, with, hey, come on. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Fine, get whatever. I'm sure if then, they didn't have that shot in the movie, it would have easily won Best Animated Film. It was like, more I than one shot. It was like the whole the whole last 20 minutes or so was cutting back and forth, right? Was it that long? I haven't seen that. It wasn't just one shot. Like There was wow. probably five or ten minutes of Will Ferrell actually on screen. But yeah, it's a good movie. I think I, <laughs> I, was, I was a little bored. I think it is an hour and 55 minutes. I was like okay let's get there like i get what's happening uh it's it's just a lot of family drama and conflict and stuff but it's very realistic i think for anybody who's an immigrant or just wants to watch a family drama 
it's a really realistic, strong representation with really good performances. And how many films do you see that are kind of Korean-led taking place in America? So, you know, and, and it does have some really strong messages. Father-son bonds, father, or I'm sorry, son with grandmother he's never met Bond. Like, that was a really fun relationship that you kind of got to watch develop. You can kind of relate to all these people in different ways. I think even the kid, uh, <laughs> there was the scene where he's like, he wet his bed and then just hit everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, uh, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever done that. Maybe I have, but I feel, I felt for that kid in that moment. He's like, oh, you I'm can gonna understand. get in trouble. Like, oh, this poor kid. So th- there's a lot of good things to appreciate in this movie. I think the pacing is probably my one nitpick of the movie. It does slow down in the middle a little bit, but I think that the opening and the the first and third act is very strong. And I even, I still really enjoyed the middle, uh, but it does slow down like a little bit. Maybe with the you know, Christian, the Christian character played by Will Patton. But um, yeah. either way, I really loved Minari. I'm going to go four and a half out of five. This could pop oh, up wow. in my top it's... 10 of 2020. This is just, it mixes everything very well. Performances, directing, score, and we'll see what happens with the Oscars. I hope Steve Yoon maybe sneaks in a Best Lead Actor nomination. I could unfortunately see that being a snub. But I think it's a lock for best foreign language film, or sorry, best international film, which is weird because uh, it's not really international. But <laughs> anyways, the story is is good, very well represented, and I think very relatable. You know, it is really slow. It did it take me a while to get into it, but I didn't hate it. I don't think I could really have it even close to my top ten of last year. It, it's just I know not, it's not really. Your cup of tea. It's not. I know it's not your cup of tea. It's all good. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea, but your like cup of tea is another the next it, movie. It's well, I don't. That's that's kind of a reach, but <laughs> I did want to watch it. I don't really know why. Yeah, this movie's good, but it's it's not really my thing. So I'm gonna give it a three and a half out of five. Very solid. I feel film. like that half is just for me, and I appreciate it. Is. It is. I originally gave it a three out of five, but I now I feel like an asshole. So three and a half out of five. Minari. I'd check it out if you're into that that uh, Oscar push or any foreign language films or Glenn from The Walking Dead. So, sons, before we get into this, I gotta ask: uh, Did you ever have? Any kind of childhood memories of watching the Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry? Did you watch any of the 161 theatrical shorts made in the 40s to the 60s? Anything that, uh, that you were hoping to see in this film that you remember from your childhood? That's funny that you ask because, yes, growing up, every summer, I used to go to sailing camp, I'm sure, as you know. Next to the Yacht Club was my grandparents' house, so I would always go to my grandparents' house and, you know, <clears throat> in the afternoon... They would always play Tom and Jerry, the old cartoons, on the Cartoon Network. I would watch them uh-huh. with my grandfather, and he would laugh his ass off, and then I would always just laugh, too. I thought it was just hilarious, just, you know, like, the 10-minute shorts of just Tom and Jerry always fighting. And as a kid, I thought it was hilarious, but I never continued to watch them after that. Like, it was just really, like, those summers at sail camp, you know, a couple summers where I did that uh, or watched those shorts. But, yeah, I mean, I have no connection to Tom and Jerry whatsoever. I've just kind of seen it pop up in pop culture over the last, you know— several years and you know they've made like some like animated feature uh films and stuff but you know directed dvd type stuff yeah no it, it's it's a, it's one of those cartoons that's a little bit before our time it's one of those kind of like saturday morning cartoon things that i guess your your grandfather even was was into yeah i i was used to watching like courage of cowardly dog and spongebob and stuff like that so this is this is that kind of slapstick comedy where the animals are always getting hurt uh that I definitely must have found funny as a kid, but watching as an adult, 
Oh, good God, good Lord. It is it is rough to get through, I think, uh, for the most part. This film is on HBO Max. You can watch it in theaters if you if you dare. It has a 5.3 on IMDb, a 26% critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and 86 audience, so it is heavily split. I think if, if you're an audience member and you have reviewed this movie, you're probably a pretty big Tom and Jerry fan at this point. I do remember Spencer. Did you ever watch... Were you ever like a big Simpsons guy? Yeah, I used to watch The Simpsons. Because they do have a representation of The Simpsons. Because last night you mentioned like, oh, this would be way funnier R-rated. And that's kind of what Itchy and Scratchy are. <laughs> that's like oh, the R-rated. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The plot is pretty fucking ridiculous. But basically... Tom, who dreams of becoming a pianist, plays in Central Park while Jerry is in search of a new home. During one of Tom's performances, Jerry picks a fight with him, which ends with Tom's keyboard getting destroyed. Kayla Forrester, Chloe Grace Moretz, a young woman doing odd jobs, ends up bumping into Tom while he is chasing Jerry. Looking for a position at the Royal Gate Hotel, Kayla is tasked with helping event manager Terrence Mendoza to set up a high-profile wedding after presenting a stolen resume as her own. This is directed by Tim Story, Spencer's favorite director, as far as I know. This is somebody that you 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 like the work that he does, Spencer? Not particularly, no. I don't remember the first Fantastic Four, but I feel like that's probably my favorite thing that he's done, and I don't think that's uh It's not a, a high very praise. Good film. I've never seen yeah. Barbershop. I've heard, you know, that one's okay. But other than that, uh no, I haven't really enjoyed his his films, I would say. He seems to get a fair amount of work. Uh, Good for so, him. He seems like a nice uh, yeah. guy. I watched an interview with him uh, when he was talking about this film. He seems like a very, very nice guy. Did he seem passionate about the project or like he just wanted to exit the interview as soon as possible? No, he seemed like he was very happy to talk about it. Okay. Well, he does have Ride Along 3 and the Monopoly live action film coming up in the next few years. So that should be quite interesting. I wonder how they do that. Okay. I, yeah, we'll <laughs> Is see. Is it going to be the um, same like hybrid animation live action with like James Marsden? I don't know. Apparently Kevin Hart's in it. So oh. <laughs> it's apparently about someone like working their way up from Baltic Avenue. So maybe it'll be like kind of pursuit of happiness. So I don't know. Like it could actually be. Oh, maybe it's like a so, biopic. Imagine, but it's like the Monopoly guy. No, it's definitely not. It's okay. I'm going to let my cat out of this. She's being fucking annoying right back. Speaking of cats, Spencer, why don't we let this one out of the bag and talk about Tom and Jerry? This has Chloe Grace Moretz, Michael Pena, and a bunch of people we don't care about other than Scarlett Johansson's husband, Colin Yost. What were your initial thoughts with this film that we watched together last night from different states? Who the fuck cares? All right, and that's the end of Mainstream Boys. Uh, next week, we do have a lot of films coming out, but Spencer, I would really like to get some genuine thoughts. Be kind, give your positives first, and then we can rip on the film for 20 no, minutes. No, uh, the only... <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. <laughs> Please, try. This movie is just an attempt to take an old IP, Tom and Jerry, what, from the 40s or something? I don't know exactly when 1940, it was created okay. by, uh, it's been up for by, a long by time. some dude named and it's William been up updated ever, ever since is it's, it's a direct attempt to take that and modernize it for just the youth of today and they do it the same way they've done like what the smurfs and other live action movies that yeah i mean it's just to modernize it for kids and that's what this movie is trying to do and that's what it is doing it's it's terrible it's not <laughs> fun for adults to watch it's just meant for kids to watch and that's why I did not want to watch it, because I knew I was not going to enjoy it. But you were very, very 
persuasive on trying to get me to watch it for the podcast. It's funny because um, I didn't have to try that hard. <laughs> there just there wasn't a lot of other stuff to check out. I just if there was something else worth watching, I I probably would have suggested it. But it's Tom and Jerry, man. Like it's a classic. That's the How thing. It's Tom wrong? and Jerry, and the movie is literally like not even about Tom and Jerry. It's it is about not. Chloe Grace Moretz and Michael Pena and this just half baked, half assed plot about this con artist, the most unlikable character that Chloe Grace Moretz plays, tries to become this event manager at this hotel and throws this extravagant party for these terrible people. Every single character in this movie is so unlikable. I wouldn't it, say just unlikable. Just you just don't care. There's no yeah, so reason then, to give a shit. The stuff with <laughs> Tom like, and why? Jerry and them doing their shenanigans, sure. It's entertaining, but as a short form, 10-minute shorts, that's right. where it succeeds the best. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just meant to make a whole bunch of money for kids just to laugh and eat popcorn. And, you know, they put it on for their kids to go off and watch it on their iPads where the adults go and do some work. That's what it's meant to do. Like, that's, that's yeah. what, that's and in the end, for. they're kind of failing because this movie is coming out in limited theaters. It's not going to get the audience that it would have gotten opening weekend on a on a normal under no, normal circumstances. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just, so that's just the circum- circumstances that we're under right now that every movie is having to deal with. Um, but I'm sure it would have been very successful. Number one in the box office if it was. Uh, I mean, I think it was number one in the box office because it's the only movie that came out. But I'm probably, sure it would have honestly, been pretty successful in a normal year. Sure, a lot of kids would have gone and seen it, but yeah, I mean, twenty five percent critical rating. This no one's really enjoying this movie other than the demographic it's meant for. It made fourteen point one million dollars last weekend, so that I'd say that's pretty wow. good for a post pandemic or current pandemic world that we're living in. Yeah, it's it was it was a genuinely painful film to get through from the opening kind of animated pigeons flying you through New York City. The plot is so stupid. It's it's obviously very poorly written. Everybody involved is just here for a paycheck, including Chloe Grace Moretz, which had so many cringeworthy scenes with everybody. It's just it, it's it's just a rough rough film for a twenty five year old adult to to sit through. And I think if you're a child, even a child, I was thinking during this film, like even if I was a kid, I feel like I would. There's no way this film would even keep my attention. It's just there. Maybe if there was more Tom and Jerry, more elephants, more of that dog, like I would have been like laughing my ass off. But there wasn't enough of that. Just I, I don't know what the, I don't know what they were trying to do. I really, I'd be very curious to know like how much screen time Tom and Jerry have in their own film because the movie is an hour and forty one minutes. I thought the movie was ending, and you're like, no, 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 we still have like thirty minutes left. Yeah, and I was like shocked i could not believe that we had so much time left in the movie it's it and also the editing in this movie makes no sense at times yeah so like and there was something we noticed throughout the film is there there were some scenes like there was one in particular took me a while to actually pick up on this but reaction shots yeah reaction shots there's one shot which i'm sure this happens throughout the film but where she's talking to the bartender guy cameron i think his name is cameron and uh she she's looking at Michael Pena, but she's not talking to him. And it just it just there was no passion in this film. It was poorly executed from start to finish, from onset to the editing room. No one cared. No one cared. Not even Tom and Jerry themselves gave a shit about this film. So unfortunately, this movie was just part of the the Hollywood 
cash guzzling machine that just they keep you know rolling out new films based on old ips that are just so lazy and just you know if you if you took somebody that really had a lot of passion for this project and maybe tim story did i don't know but someone that could also tell a very coherent live action story <laughs> as well yeah. and or a good one and um you know they took a good director or a good writer and they had the writer of brigsby bear fantastic movie that's one of my favorite movies when it came out love that movie so much um and this was you know just a paycheck it seemed like for him and they were making self-aware jokes that you know i could see them in like a pitch meeting thinking oh this would be kind of funny if they like michael payton is like oh i was in an animal tornado and yeah just, okay great <laughs> or they're or they just feel genuinely obligated to make bad jokes because kids are gonna laugh at them this this, yeah, this movie it's just to. there's nothing here for adults and that's what i always try to look for with animated films like pixar there's an underlying like message. There's a beautiful, like, just, it's made for adults, but kids can enjoy it. Like, it's it's made for a, an actual audience. This one is not. This is one that you're going to be wanting to literally rip your eyeballs out while you're watching it. It's just fucking no, terrible. Yeah, like, so. like, Disney Pixar's soul fucked me up. <laughs> like, it literally made yeah. me think about my life for, like, five days after watching it. I was just Genuinely, like, wait, yeah. seriously? It was so, like, deep, like, that movie. And then you have, obviously, the other type of kid entertainment where it's just very terrible this is like slapstick. the nut job or like uh what's another really bad animated film that's come over the wildlife wild i thought you liked the wildlife no, do you like the wildlife i know it's it's got a lot <laughs> i don't know it's oh angry birds that was one that was like full of poop jokes and stuff and they didn't fail because the whole film they went without a poop joke and then the dog farted with like no, three minutes to go Oh, no, really? There's there another one where Michael Pena was walking him on a sidewalk, and then the dog poops, and then he has to Oh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. It pooped in the middle of the, the crosswalk, yeah. The movie is terrible, but it's not <laughs> meant for us to watch, and it definitely could have been one that we skipped over and checked something but else like, out, but... Why is it on HBO the... Max, then? That's my... It's like, why is... This is it's like... a Warner Brothers film. Why, it's, All right, well... Whatever. It's always been Warner Brothers, and it's part of the deal that every single... Live action or just every single feature film from the Warner Brothers slate in 2021 was going to get released in theaters <sighs> and HBO Max same day. We have Godzilla coming out in like three or four weeks. This movie is just, I'm sorry, this movie is just awful. It wasn't fun. It, and that's the thing. It could have been, it could have been fun. It honestly could have been fun. We know and that it it's possible to make a film like this entertaining. We've seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is a literal like instant classic with the Looney Tunes characters. These are Looney Tunes characters, right? I mean, it's just. And they had really cool human, like, real-life, live-action people around it. This was like watching an hour and 40-minute long episode of Hannah Montana with Tom and Jerry. It was just <laughs> cringeworthy, terrible dialogue, cringeworthy. no character development, and but the, vis- it was the visual just effects were, were good. I mean, like the live action and okay, the scene, yeah. in the animation, like that's I'm trying to I'm trying to think positive. Come on. Oh, thank you, Spencer. <laughs> that was fine. That looked great. You know. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, this movie is just uh, not for me. It's meant for kids, and that is why I'm going to give it a one out of five. Yeah, the film is the film is really bad. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, let alone a child. I think you could find a million other animated films to uh, watch with your kid if you're going to be sitting there with them. And there's a lot of other content they're going to find on their iPads to entertain themselves at night. So I genuinely don't recommend this. It's just not really worth watching. Spencer and I endured it for you, so you don't have to. So I'm going to give it a point. Five out of five. Wow. Okay. It's yeah. I I expect you to give a zero. Like even if that's, you know. No, because like I said, I mean the live action 
mixed with the visual effects of the animation was kind of fun. I liked the 2D look of the animation. Remember, I did actually chuckle at one scene when the dog hit uh, hit Tom on the head with a baseball bag because I did not expect it, and I did chuckle. So you know what? I'm going to give it the credit that it deserves, and that's a 1 out of 5. It's a terrible movie. Cute. All right, and that's it for this week's films on Mainstream Boys. For next week, there is quite the lineup of films, but really the one that we're probably most likely going to check out is Raya the Last Dragon. Uh, I don't know if that's a new property or if this has been like an animated film back in like the 50s, 60s or something that they're recreating. I believe it's a new property, kind of like Moana and Frozen were all pretty new as well. Um, I think it's in the same vein as that. Cool. Well, this is available for $30 after already paying your normal monthly subscription of $7.99 on Disney+. Plus. So if you feel the obligation to watch it and watch the podcast or listen to the podcast with us, I would appreciate that. But I'm not expecting you to do so. That's going to be it for this week. Spencer, do we have any other podcasts coming out that uh, the audience should be looking forward to here? Yeah, you can listen to uh, an episode of Collector's Corner coming out this week on All That Jazz. It's a Bob Fosse film, uh, so that's the one we're going to be discussing for Collector's Corner this week. Try to uh, get amped up for that one. Uh, we also do have another show called the TMD Main Show, where we watch three movies we've never seen before. Every two weeks, we uh, review them, and we talk about them on the podcast. That is our initial kind of flagship show. Uh, this episode that we did, we talked about Underwater, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, and... Fuck. You're not going to help me here, are you? And something with Billy Bob Thornton. So if, if you're interested in that episode, it's going to be out this coming Saturday. Uh, yeah, thanks again for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Go ahead and leave a review on Apple iTunes. That would really, really help us out. We have a couple of great reviews up there. So if you have the time and you like the show, please, for the love of God, go over there and leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next Monday for another episode of Mainstream Boys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mainstream Boys. New episodes release every Monday, and you can stay up to date with everything Those Movie Dudes by following us on Instagram. 